Now John Height has brought apparently some very exotic summer sausage. Like it's made in Mandan. Mm-mm-mm. I sampled some. And I, uh, I'm going to take my uh, sausage home. Hey. Not going to have it right now. Why not? Why don't you sample it? That's, well, it's, that's it's the probably, point. It bring. probably is a bit. Uh, it's probably tangy, and uh, I'm applying state fair rules to the Daily Show where I don't eat is, during the uh, broadcast. Hmm. Is it in the fridge with your name on it? Don't steal my sausage and my nuts. Okay, let's just put it that way. All I, right. I hope Height is safeguarding it. That's pretty. Good I'm, I'm sure sausage. he is. As you, you at some dis, undisclosed location have. Have uh, I've hidden have nuts. procured and hidden your mixed. You know nut what box. I might do with that summer sausage? Put it on a trisket, <laughs> huh? Yeah, well, that would be the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, tr- Aldi triscuits have got the best for about you know a buck twenty nine. The rosemary know, God and help me, <laughs> garlic and rosemary. They are no, they they blow triscuits ends. out of the water. No, I'm and Johnny Height and I both agree. And I this like, dummy over here tried to send a box, a picture of Triscuits. That's a Triscuit box. This is the Aldi brand. It's it, it hey, trumps Such. Triscuits. Yeah. You want to uh, want to head on over to Aldi no. afterwards? We'll pick up a couple of things. Aldi's no. great. I love, I love Aldi. Aldi. You got to bring your own bag though. Is it a German supermarket? Yes. Is it really? It's very efficient. Is yes. It- Teutonic? That's very. They do things very, Why don't you, very well. Seriously, walk him through the process of Aldi. I don't want to. I no, don't, no, no. I, I don't. You need to know. Well, it's because another... when you first get there, you have and to be a member. No, you're gonna go get a cart, but you need to have a quarter. You need to have put the quarter into the slot so it releases the lock. I'm not doing that. So you can have, and then you have to remember. They don't give you a free cart. No. Well, the hell well, well with no, them. it's not free. You get your quarter back. You, you you get your quarter back. Your the cart is on. The cart is on loan to you. <laughs> it's a rental. Yes, it's a rental the cart. cart. Is available for rental. <laughs> you know what it is? It's the fastest shopping cart. Yes, it's yeah, very proficient. And then you bring in. You get your stuff. Yep. But you need to bring your own bags. <laughs> Really? They are available for purchase. Well, oh, you I, can bring your own bags. I'm not. I, do, do you save money on the groceries because oh, yeah. of all this? Oh God, yeah, yeah. There, it's a lot. It's a lot cheaper. I mean, the margin on that stuff isn't very much. Well, no, but there's one close to my home, so it's closer than Target or Cubs. So it's just, and I like. It's owned by Trader Trader Joe's. Own, Aldi owns Trader Joe's. I would pay good money for a shopping trip to Aldi with the mayor. Well, yeah. Oh man! Where did I find the cheese? You're not going to have that happen. Man. What do I do with the? Where do I put this cart? Can I get my quarter? Do I get my quarter back from you at the cashier? I said this was a special day. Oh yes, I know, and I'm not going to rain on your parade. I know what day it well, is. Oh, you already have. Oh, sorry. What day is it? I know the 21st. It, or it has to, but it, this is an added bonus yeah. with one of your hobbies. Well, emailer Damon writes alerts me to this, and he first uh, says, "Merry Christmas, Joe, Rookie, Chris, Johnny, and Kenny." Mm-hmm. All right. I found something to unite all GLers, both 21sters and normal people alike. Hmm. Each December 21st is National Flashlight Day. What? I did not know that. I didn't know that either. I, I, wonder, I wonder if, if it's because there's a tie-in between needing a flashlight and it being the shortest day of the year. Get it? More darkness? Uh, lumiere. That's right. Light. So I, I looked it up uh, per Damon's uh, linking. Uh, National Flashlight Day is on the same day as winter solstice. 
It was around 1899 that the invention of the dry cell and miniature incandescent electric light bulbs made the first battery-powered flashlights possible. Here's a little quiz for you. Okay. What is a flashlight called in England, dreary old England? It's a candlestick. No. No. <laughs> a uh, a uh, wavering light. No. A torch. A torch? Yeah. A torch. <laughs> You're having a laugh at me. No, I'm not. It's called a torch. For real? Mm-hmm. Today, the flashlights we use are mostly incandescent lamps or light-emitting diodes and run on disposable or rechargeable batteries. Some are powered by the user turning a crank or shaking the lamp, and some have solar panels to recharge a battery. I've never seen a solar power, a solar-powered flashlight. No, but I gave you that Russian flashlight that well, no one Well, no wonder year. they lost. People yeah. heard them from miles away. Right. 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 In addition to the well-known general-purpose handheld flashlight, other forms have been adopted for special uses. Head or helmet-mounted flashlights designed for miners and campers. There are special flashlights that can be used underwater or in flammable atmospheres. Uh, <clears throat> British inventor David Missell obtained U.S. patent number 617,592 assigned to American Electrical Novelty and Manufacturing Company. This electric device designed by Missell was powered by D batteries laid front to back in a paper tube with the light bulb and a rough brass reflector at the end. Very primitive. Haven't we come a long way? I'll say. The company uh, donated some of those devices to the New York City police who responded well to them. All right. That's all I have. It's National Flashlight Day. Okay. National Flashlight Day. Uh, what a day. You've got the astrologer saying it's the worst day of the year, when in GL it's one of the best days of the year, especially for Royal Order of the 21sters and those of us who appreciate a good flashlight. A day to celebrate. Mm -hmm. It's a day to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate tonight. Uh, okay. Yep. I, think yeah. that's, I think that's fitting. We're mm -hmm. all here tomorrow, aren't we? Uh, yes, this will be our pre-Christmas show. Christmas light rivalry will appear on Christmas Day. For those that uh, are wondering, you're aware of the uh, clothing brand Bold North. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is there something called Bold North? Isn't that the Super Bowl line of stuff? Yeah. Uh, Target is partnering with outdoor clothing company Ascoff Finlayson to launch a ca a capsule collection timed to coincide with the Super Bowl. Ascoff Finlayson is a Minneapolis-based company, which is where the next Super Bowl is taking place. The limited edition collection will be available in 38 Minnesota stores and online from Jan 14 through Feb 24 while supplies last. The line will include clothing and accessories for men, women, and children and babies, as well as items like a candle and snow tube. Merchandise is priced between 5 bucks and 40 bucks, with most <laughs> items priced below 30 bucks. Okay. Now, here's why I bring this up. Uh, these Dayton kids uh, get more free publicity than than public radio they do get to quite a bit and it's uh, it's one of the dayton kids eric mm -hmm. mark's son uh who is pretending that he's a champion of of winter who who's he kidding it's like uh charles barkley on vegetarians <laughs> you know what eric there is no champion of winter it's miserable right. and, and you given your youth and wealth you can you can pretend that you enjoy it they <clears throat> own this company Ask off Finlayson is the Dayton kids. 
And they're and so here they're shrewd. They're dumb like foxes. They create this BS about let's embrace winter and everybody wear their up north T-shirt or whatever the hell right, they say. Right. And and that and and conveniently enough, they happen to own the clothing line that's marketing the clothing and apparel that goes along with the scheme. How is that ethical? Why well, I, I don't think it's unethical. It's just. Uh, uh, boy, you don't think it is when you're well placed. You're well placed. Right, right. No, there's nothing unethical about it. Well, okay, it just doesn't pass the smell test. Well, no, but it's it's left to the likes of me to say, you know, on the one hand, you got this Eric Dayton selling uh, this euphorian notion that we should all be on our cross country skis mm-hmm. and this is wonderful and let's drink our hot chocolate around the fire. And isn't it great that we have the Super Bowl coming here and winter is to be enjoyed, not not despised. And, and by the way, you should have a sweatshirt that says that. Yeah. And I make them. I, I happen to <laughs> make the way, them. I, I can get you into some. They're probably made in China, but they're, they're, uh, uh, they're called Askoff Finlayson. And that's the Dayton Kids clothing uh, line. And hasn't that worked conveniently in conjunction with the Super Bowl? You think Roger Cadell... Is getting a taste? Uh, well, if it has any anything near the uh, NFL logos on, yes. I don't mind a T-shirt with a good logo on it, but I have no uh, desire uh, to sport a T-shirt celebrating winter. Right. I'm not a winter guy. I used to be. I still used like to it. Be. It's, it's. I don't like the cold. I don't I'm mind a 21st-er. Yeah. Give me a T-shirt that has very small, discreet. Logo that says Royal Order of the 21sters. That I would wear. That you would wear. But the Ascoff Finlayson, they're not going to sell those. Uh, they're I'm, normal people. I would go with soda clothing before this. I, What's soda clothing? Soda clothing is... Um, S-O-D-A? Uh, S-O-T-A. As in Minnesota? Right. Yeah. I've had him as a guest on the, on what, the what, show. What's their deal? They're just... It's all about you know areas. He, has a, he had actually had a... Cool T-shirt that he was um, uh, promoting that they have like the the, the split lock split rock lighthouse tower. Yeah, so it's just it's just clothing that uh, represents different parts of the state. Okay. It's clothing that you'd probably uh, would like to wear. It's the 30, 32nd state, so thirty two was on that there. That hat that rookie is showing you is extremely popular. You'll see a lot of the the eighteen to thirty five year old guys wearing that one. Huh. But the story uh, is pretty good. The kid uh, did it as a project, I yep. believe, mm-hmm. and then it grew into, I don't know if he was a St. Thomas or U of M kid. I can't remember. Uh, and now it's grown. So he's a rival of Askoff Finlayson? Uh, yes, but so does, I think, has been around before Askoff Finlayson has been. All right. Thank you. Yes. This is your home for sports talk. Really? 1500 ESPN. Fact-based. Where did we get wrong? The U.S. is bigger than Australia. I think you said similar. I don't think you said for sure. In your defense. I'm afraid what I'm about to reveal I'm afraid what I'm about to reveal is was inevitable. What? And I was alerted to the inevitability when you made the ridiculous confession that you watch a show about Christmas light rivalries. 
What? Well, it's becoming a national problem now. We had the local situation where the fellas don't want people. They have to, they've had to turn off their lights because of the crowds mm-hmm. in Minatrista. And now uh, it turns out that over-the-top Christmas displays have turned normally quiet neighborhoods in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut into tourist destinations. Oh, it's so, inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. It's pitting neighbor against neighbor oh, in a battle of privacy. It's not, not what it's about. I know. Amid the bedazzled homes in the Diker Heights section of New York's Brooklyn borough, December crowds from as far away as Japan are expected to top <laughs> last year's 100,000 gawkers, said Fran Vela Dash Maroney president of the Diker Heights Civic Association. Tour buses arrive nightly from Maryland and elsewhere during peak season from December 15 to January 1. Wow, that's a real road trip. This is a residential neighborhood, not Times Square, Vela Dash Maroney has said. <laughs> Eye-popping photographs posted on social media have lured multitudes Twisting the once charming local holiday event into an out of control block party, said Josephine Beckman, district manager of the local community board. Mm. The street becomes filled with pedestrians, Beckman said. Last year, an ambulance had trouble accessing the street. Neighbors blamed hot chocolate and popcorn vendors for blocking driveways, creating mountains of trash and polluting the air with their idling food trucks. Wow, popcorn and hot chocolate vendors? This year, Diker Heights organizers sought a permit to ban vendors and secure sanitation and extra police services, but city officials rejected their application. Rejected, with that big, big wet red rejection stamp. On a quiet, dead-end street in Old Bridge, New Jersey, neighbors took matters into their own hands when crowds returned to gape at Tom Apruzzi's annual display of 300,000 lights decking his home. Some neighbors told CBS that they were outraged by the legions of outlookers, and Apruzzi said he bore the brunt of their anger. Uh Uh-huh. There's been a broken windshield on one of my trucks. There's been spitting on sides of the truck. Harassment issues starting to get pretty bad, a Prusy told CBS2 TV. That's no way to behave. In Fairfield, Connecticut. Police stepped in to cool tempers and negotiate a compromise after 40 neighbors signed a petition protesting parking problems created by hordes viewing Gene Hallowell's Hallowell's holiday electrical extravagance on Roseville Terrace. The display known as Wonderland on Roseville. (laughs) Now in its 18th year, drew 30,000 visitors last year. Wow. A lot of lights. 300,000 lights? As part of the deal, neighbors agreed to a temporary parking ban on one side of the street. The homeowner, who could not be reached for comment, agreed to turn off the lights an hour earlier by 9 p.m. local time on weekdays. We're going to schedule. And to turn down the volume on a loop of the theme song from Frozen. Well, that would be annoying. I couldn't take this. Uh, This I could take. This music? Right here. The Vince Guaraldi trio? I could take that. Some neighbors and even potential neighbors remain delighted by the flashy exhibit. Olia Yelner, an attorney who is considering moving to the neighborhood from nearby Trumbull, Connecticut, 
parked at a home for sale that overlooks the Hallowell's display and gazed at that spectacle with their three-year-old daughter and one-year-old son and said, we thought if we bought it, we could look out into the lights each evening, she said, breaking into a smile. Oh, there's some Christmas cheer. Yeah. So do we have to cancel Christmas or what? Is the director of social media in there? He's right here, bro. Yes, sir. Do they have them out where you live in South Dakota? <laughs> the Christmas lights? Uh, yeah, we got them. Mm-hmm. You can see them from miles. You got them where you are, Rook? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, South St. Paul's got a lot of them, and some of them have your theme problems. Well, we're back to the we're, we're back to the beginning. If you put up 300,000 lights, uh, is, doesn't it stand to reason that you're going to attract the tourists? I think so. I think that's what a blues problem that called in so many years ago. Well, he put up 56,000 lights. It wasn't 300, that's for sure. Garage Logic will be back in just a moment. Commencing Garage Logic segment number eight. Jingle bells. Here's John Hank. Rook was in there playing air bells. I've never seen that. It's cloudy. 23 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, and downtown Duluth. Uh, if I may take one moment of this uh, sportscast you and newscast, may. Uh, you brought up the uh, summer sausage. Yes. So I'm going to give a little plug to my hometown business, if you don't sure. mind. Cloverdale Meats in Mandan, North Dakota. Yeah. Make tremendous summer sausage. My favorite. And you can buy it here. They have it at Sam's Clubs, and they have it at the county market by my house in Andover. Uh, tangy summer sausage. By Cloverdale, they also make wonderful pepper bacon. You know, Ooh, bacon. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but that I've You're never seen. That, huh? I've never seen that sold here. So when I what's, go back, so to, what's the locally available uh, product called? Cloverdale summer sausage. Right, Cloverdale tangy. Cloverdale tangy. That's its name. Yes. <coughs> yeah, right. it's, it's, Is that that so. stuff I just had in the fridge? Boy, <laughs> if they stole my sausage on top of my yeah, nuts, right. we're in trouble. You got nothing left. <laughs> I got nothing. Over the last two years, Pat Shermer's taken the Vikings offense from the bottom third of the NFL to the top ten. His success has brought some buzz about a possible return to head coaching. Shermer was named in an ESPN poll as one of the most likely coordinators to land a head coaching spot next season. Uh, Shermer's only received one shot at being a head coach. He won nine games over two seasons in 2011 and 2012 with the Cleveland Browns. Today, he addressed reports that he could end up uh, in one of the upcoming job openings, telling reporters, Fortunately, I've had that opportunity in the past and learned a lot from it, but you just stay in the moment. What we've done here is to win the division, and it's very hard to do, and we want to take this thing as far as we can, and that now is certainly my focus. Go for men's basketball team in action tonight. They're at home or they will face Oral Roberts University. News notes from today. The Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe is suing the country's largest opioid drug manufacturers and the three largest prescription drug distributors. Lawsuit filed in federal court here in Minnesota. Leech Lake Band alleges the company has used deceptive marketing tactics to maximize profits while minimizing the addictive nature of these drugs and the health risks to patients. A statement from the tribe today cites data from the Centers for Disease Control showing that in 2014, Native Americans had the highest rate per 100,000 people of opioid overdoses. The four-county area containing Leech Lake's tribal lands, it says opioid-related deaths have increased dramatically. Several local governments across the country have filed similar lawsuits. Representatives for the drug companies have denied any wrongdoing. In the new Lee Child book, the new Jack Reacher novel, which I completed the other day, one of the principal characters is addicted to the opioids. 
And he, he, it's just a harrowing picture, he tells. It's just, mm. I can't even remember the name of the book, to tell you the truth. Midnight Line or something, I don't know. Mm. Look up the title of the new uh, Lee Child book, Rook. But the uh, one of the principal characters in the plot is uh, addicted to the opioids, and it's just... It's, uh, killing Floor? No. Jesus one shot? God, Matt, his latest one. <laughs> well, I'm just killing Floor was number one. Here. Well, just go to the line. The Midnight Line. Thank you. Midnight yep. line. line. Here's John Hay. Midnight Thanks, Line. <laughs> <laughs> I have more owl news for you, Joe. Well, that's coming up in the next segment. Oh. Is it about this? white owls? Uh, the snow, Snowy owls? Snowy owls. I'll cover that. The whole thing? Yeah, well, you go ahead. I'll repeat it. The, about about airports. That Is I'm that unaware of. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's, uh, I have a different Well, then there's even that. more news. The increase in the snowy owl population of late. By the way, do you know what the increase is called? An eruption. With an I. Right. Very, yes, very nicely well, done. I, I was gonna, Isn't that a Van Halen song? Why don't you just eat up my whole next segment? Why don't you just <laughs> tell me about eruptions and the whole thing? Uh, well, the birds, uh, they've made their way apparently into some uh, airports. That's my story. Okay, okay I don't yeah. have that. Okay, good. Let me see. Maybe I do, but I don't care. <laughs> this is I, called show prep. It is. Right. The owl's presence at airports <laughs> presents a significant hazard, according to federal wildlife biologist Pete Saar, who's based No, I in, don't have the airport part. Okay, good. Yep. He's based in, a different part. Based in Grand Rapids, Saar contracts to do wildlife work with the Air National Guard's 148th Fighter Wing and, by extension, the Duluth International Airport. Uh, Saar said of a recent couple of aborted landings at Duluth, they had a couple airplanes that had to do go-arounds when the tower identified a lot of snowy owls on the runway. They have a bad habit of sitting on and around runways, Sar said. They like the runway lights and the runway markers. This was in Duluth, Jan? Correct, yep. Mm -hmm. The reason is the exposed edge of runways caused by plowing and brushing, which churns up grass, which attracts rodents. I'll be darned. On November 10th, the Delta MD-90 hit a snowy owl during departure on a runway here at Minneapolis-St. Paul International. The aircraft made flight but returned to the airport so staff could check for damage. Hmm. That owl, one owl, caused a broken hydraulic line in the right landing gear, and the plane on a scheduled flight with passengers aboard was towed to the gate. I'll be darned. MSP has captured and relocated nine snowy owls since November 7th, according to the airport. Pat Hogan says the birds typically hang out on snow piles or large snow-covered areas. But with a relative lack of snow this year, they've been drawn more and more to the white markings on the runways. How do they get rid of them? I don't know. Noise cannons. Hmm. Also, they use stuffed predators. Like the one Rook got you for Christmas. Around airfields and other measures. Sarah's office has provided Duluth Airport with radio-controlled propane cannons that maintenance teams can move around the airfield and detonate remotely. The noise scaring off the owls. A vehicle drove into pedestrians on a sidewalk in central Melbourne in Australia today, injuring at least 19 people. Police arrested the driver and a second man who was freed quickly and said they do think it was a deliberate act. At a news conference, though, after the incident, Victoria State Police said they were still trying to figure out a motive and said there was no evidence to suggest it was an act of terrorism. The driver of the vehicle, a 32-year-old Australian citizen of Afghan descent, he has been known, according to police, to have a history of mental illness and drug use and known to police before the incident on the crowded Melbourne Street. Police said the second man arrested was not to believe to be a link to the incident. However, he's still helping police with inquiries. The police confirmed that 19 people had been hospitalized, 15 in stable condition, and four critical. Father of a five-year-old Chicago boy who's been shot 
twice in about oh. 18 months, has been charged with weapons and child endangerment charges, according to police there. Kevin Collins, 25 years old, charged yesterday with unlawful use of a weapon, felony possession of a firearm with a defaced serial number, and six misdemeanor counts of endangerment of a child the day after his son, Kevin, accidentally shot himself with a firearm at the family's home on Chicago's south side. Kevin apparently got a hold of the weapon. That How are you spelling that? How's Kevin spelled? K-A-V-A. You're not going to foghorn a kid that got shot twice. Oh, hell I'm well, I, here's, here's <laughs> that's my... Why, that's why there's a gun laying around. Here's my thought about the story. It's spelled K-A-V-A-M, but do you think maybe they pronounce it Kevin? I have no idea. Or it's K-A-V-A-M. Oh, even though the dad, or the dad, excuse me, is named Kevin, you think... I Why, don't know, Jeff. Probably K. Avon. Just okay. spell it correctly. I'm going to go with Kevin then. Yeah. Kid got shot twice. Oh, he get his name. Yep. Kevin apparently got a hold of the weapon that Kevin Collins kept under his bed before accidentally shooting himself in the hand with it. The kid going to be okay? Yep, he's in good condition. Yeah, good. Give him another foghorn. <laughs> After all this happened, officers discovered Dad was a convicted felon. As a result, is prohibited from possessing a weapon. They conducted a background check on the elder Collins and found he had previously been convicted of aggravated battery of a law enforcement officer. The earlier incident in June 2016, the five-year-old Kevin survived being shot in the face when he was hit by a bullet as he walked with Mom on the city's south side. The boy lived on the South Shore neighborhood in an area of the city that's been in, has seen an increased level of violence over the last two years. Citywide murders are down about 15%. Shooting incidents have decreased about 21% so far in 2017. Yet Chicago has recorded more than 630 murders and 2,700 shooting incidents so far just this year. Three opera singers and a classical musician say the world-renowned conductor Charles Dutoit sexually assaulted them on the sidelines of rehearsals and performances in five U.S. cities. I've been told the associate... John, just a minute. Oh, sorry. sure. Uh-huh. As is our custom. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, hello, Joe. Yes. This is Rick from Harlingen. How are you? Well, we're in the middle of a newscast, Rick. Oh, I, I apologize. That probably uh, is why John's bringing us such horrible news of a young man shouting in uh, Chicago. Yes. And this this other Island news wasn't too bad, but John, I thought that was a pretty good story. See, uh, Rick, what can we do for you? We're in the newscast. Well, I, I just I, I won't take up a lot of your time. I, I don't want you to. No, but I, I did. Um, I thought I was getting quite better in my uh, my humor last time. And uh, if you all, why, why do you think you need to try it out on us? Uh, because on my first uh, on my my first joke, it was there was dead silence. Right. And that uh, I, I can tell you right now that hurt. I'm a I'm a big fan of Garage Logic. You have a lot of listeners down here that listen online and on the podcast. Where's that? Uh, that is down in Harlingen, Texas. What uh, again, Rick? Uh, speed it up. We're, we're, we're in the middle of a newscast. Yes, yes. I don't. Well, I, I don't think humor can be rushed. But uh, let me allow me just to try this uh, this one this, a couple jokes here for you. I'm one and, and maybe a follow up. And remember that I am from the South, so we talk a little bit funny. So I would like you to listen to the uh, to the answer of this uh, this question. All right, are you ready? Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, what do you call a deer with no eyes? I, I don't know. No idea. See, uh, uh, no idea. As in, I, I wouldn't have any idea. Uh, yes, yes. You speak southern, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, what do you call a deer? With no eyes and no legs. I have no idea. Still no idea. So this this is uh, 
Say, but still, why? Why this show of all the shows in the country? Oh, no, I'm fan of the uh, Garage Logic broadcast, and we—it's uh, warm down here. It's not 20 below like it's going to be in the next couple of weeks for you. But we, uh, we minus the snow, I do. Right. I would like to experience a Christmas Eve with snow, but I'm not willing to come up to Minnesota to do that. Yeah. So that um, that pretty much that pretty much is it. So. What? Well, they have time for one, 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 one Rick. I, I hesitate. This, this is but quick, but uh, I wasn't known this is airworthy. But we'll find out. Uh, how do you how do you get a one armed man out of a tree? I, how do you get a one armed man out of a tree? He's stuck in the tree. How do you get this gentleman back to earth and out of the tree? Call the fire department. And more simple than that, you just wave at him. I think John liked that one. Time. I don't want to overstay my welcome, so I'm going to head back and I'm going to go crack a beer down Too in Harlingen. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's a uh, hope. It's it's good. <laughs> Possibly I could call in tomorrow. We'll see. Well, don't uh, don't. I, pre- I appreciate the time. Yeah. Uh, hello from Harlingen, from all the Minnesotans down here. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. Rick, thank you. Well, why? Why getting kind of better? Well, why are we <laughs> plagued by this fellow who, and all of his jokes? Seem to have something to do with uh, an amputation. Yeah, you got to be missing a limb. Yeah, you should probably press him on that. What's the uh, what's the connection? Why is he so obsessed? I wonder if he is, in fact, himself. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Ah, uh, I can ask him the joke maybe when he comes back next time. How does a one-handed man count his change? <laughs> is that more of a visual? Sorry. Okay. Whoops. Thank you for calling Euphoria's Hanorama Kwanzmas Hotline. This all-inclusive holiday info line will help you determine which holidays are appropriate for you. Please choose a number from the following options or say the word. For information on Hanukkah, press 1. For Ramadan, press 2. For Kwanzaa, press 3. For Christmas, press 4. Let's see, uh, Euphoria, I need uh, Christmas information. You have chosen Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is not just for African Americans anymore. Kwanzaa is a fairly new holiday. Kwanzaa means fruit in Swahili. You may celebrate Kwanzaa regardless of your cultural history. If you know an African-American, are of African-American descent, or would secretly like to be an African-American, please join the Kwanzaa celebration. Kwanzaa is fun to say and may be celebrated any way you like. Christmas, what is with these people? Bing Crosby, Snow, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I want the Christmas. You have chosen Hanukkah. You'll know that you should celebrate Hanukkah if you know the meanings of the word dreidel and menorah. If you're a member of Jews for Jesus, Hanukkah may not be appropriate for you. Hanukkah is over 2,300 years old. Happy Hanukkah! Christmas! It's a fact! You have pressed an incorrect number. Christmas! I want information on Christmas! You have... you have pressed... You have pressed an incorrect number. We're sorry you're having trouble. Please say the word or press the number for the holiday of choice. Christmas. Thank you for calling the Hanorama Kwanzaa Hotline. Happy holidays. Goodbye. A little Dave, trouble that day, didn't Dave you? Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're at 23 degrees and kind of holding steady here. We're going to drop off to 10 above tonight. Some colder air is pushing down across the state. Cloudy skies, a few flurries. Most of the accumulating snow stayed well south of the Twin Cities, down around the uh, Iowa border. 
uh, right along I-90. That's the area that had some slick roadways, and they did issue a winter weather advisory for that reason. So it might slow you down a little bit if you're heading south down toward the Iowa border. After that, the cold air comes in. 23 for the high tomorrow. That's not bad. 20 on Saturday. Still not too bad, but breezy winds will keep our wind chills down in the single digits above zero on Saturday. Sunday, 18 for the high with wind chills of 5 to 10 below. And then on Monday, two above for the high for Christmas Day. Wind chills of 20 to 25 degrees below zero. Nine below by Monday night. And then on Tuesday, a high of only four above. It climbs into lower teens for Wednesday and Thursday. There could be a, a snow system heading this way by late next week. I hesitate to call it a storm because uh, the last couple have really fizzled out. So um, they, there could be some snow by the end of next week. Going for some flurries tonight, Joe, and a low down to 10 above. Right now we're at 23 and I have the records for the day. December 21st. The days get longer tomorrow, Dave. They start, yep. yep. 50, just a couple seconds, right? Right. 55. 55. In 1998. In 1998. 27 below zero. 27 below. In 1901. In 1901. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. You guys aren't going to believe this email. What do you got? From uh, Rob Roos. I moved back to Iowa from St. Louis Park about 10 years ago. I try to stream the show whenever I can. As you are discussing Christmas lights, it reminded me of a call many years ago. A guy called in and had tapped into his neighbor's extension cord so he could turn them on and off and watch the neighbor lose his mind trying to figure it out. If you could play that again, it would be priceless. We play it every year. Every year. Every This year will be replayed on Christmas Day. Yeah. Probably in the 2 o'clock hour. I desperately want to see these owls. John had it in the news. As more snowy owls are spotted in Minnesota, the Raptor Center in St. Paul is also treating a record number. Uh, This winter, we're seeing what's called an eruption. I-R-R. I wonder why it's I. I don't know. An eruption of snowy owls, and this is where there's a predator-prey imbalance, and the young of the year most commonly will move south looking for food, said Julia Ponder, executive director of the Raptor Center at the U of M. According to Ponder, these eruptions happen about every five to ten years. They're not really regular, but they're very cyclical and has to do with the prey base, the lemmings up north, she said. As more snowy owls are being spotted in Minnesota, the Raptor Center is treating a record number of them. This year, we've had record admissions of raptors in general, so we have had over 1,060 raptors admitted this year, injured and ill raptors, Ponder said. Why Uh, can't I see one of these things? A breaking or bursting in, a violent incursion or invasion, a sudden increase in animal population. But the word could be used outside of an animal context, it sounds like. Correct. In eruption. Right. Uh, according to Ponder, 27 of the patients have been snowy owls. 27 alive snowy owls is the most we've ever seen in one season. On a normal year, we'll get one, two, or maybe three, she said. Uh, the center is currently treating two snowy owls. One of them was getting examined Tuesday morning. The owl, admitted November 16, came from Grand Marais. They don't know how it uh, had a broken wing. Uh, According to Ponder, it's unfortunately common for snowy owls to not survive long after reaching the uh, raptor center. 
The challenge of snowy owls is that when they come down, it's the young of the year and they're looking for food and they don't recognize or they can't find food in this area. So often these birds are just one step away from death when they're finally recovered Mm. and most of them cannot survive, she said. The snowy owl from Grand Marais did uh, survive. Uh, Gee whiz. And then John says they're crowding the airports. Yeah, I don't like that. And I haven't seen one. It just, uh, I got to, you know what? I just have to pay more attention is is what is what has to happen. We'll be back in just a moment. Dave, go ahead, please. Hi, Joe. I was listening to you. Hail the flashlight, King. Hail you. Uh, I was listening to you talking about the snowy owls, and um, we do some birding down here around Rochester, and there are a couple down here near Rochester. Um, if, if you wanted to try to find one, yes, you may want to contact uh, somebody in the Audubon in the local area up there in, in Gumption County. You know what? That's a good idea, and I think I will. Thank or you. Or quick trips to Dave's house. Thank you. Or, or down to Dave's house. Yeah. All right. Thank you. A little hospitality from well, Davido. Well, if there's an eruption, they they have to be around. Right. Fifteen hundred. Yeah, we got them, don't we? We got them. ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's uh, what is it? Twenty-three degrees. Sports is next. Go for.